Hello, hello, this is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. All right, all right. This is Tracy Harrell, and it's so much bigger than me. And today I am just beyond the moon excited about my guests. So not only are we talking about how you can live your best life, so we have two people who are living their best life. They're working for others. The purpose of this show is called Bigger Than Me. Because we're helping others realize their dreams. We're turning, Mike, I'll put up my vision real quick. We help real people turn dreams into reality. We turn hope into how. And we build on the power of purpose, destiny, and legacy. Think about that. We all have a purpose in life. And if you can live your life helping others, what a fulfilling life that is. And today I have two ladies who are Absolutely on a journey to help others. So first I'm going to introduce you. Have you introduce yourself? Thank you, Tracy. (laughs) 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 Really appreciate you having me on the show and really honored to be here alongside Julia, who's going to be talking in a couple minutes. I am on the Seattle City Council. Say your name first and last. I'm Shama Sawant. Shama Sawant. We love you. <laughs> By the you. way, I just like to hear you say your own name. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, and I'm saying it the way it's supposed to be said, and which even many Indians can't say it right. So, but which is I, why I, I just want to introduce yourself. I just want to let everybody know it's okay if you don't say my name right. Sh- Shama Sawant. Shama Sawant. Love it. Tell us a little <laughs> bit more about who you are. I'm on the Seattle City Council. I've served there for nearly six years. I am a socialist, and I'm a member of a grassroots organization called Socialist Alternative, which is made up of social and economic and racial and gender justice activists like myself. And uh, I am also an economist, and I'm also a former tech worker. I love it. And for those of you who are listening (laughs) (laughs) who who, uh, went to Seattle Central Community College, I used to teach economics there, Mm. and some of my most favorite students and colleagues were from there. I have really fond memories from, nice. from Seattle Central College nice. uh, on Broadway. And um, I'm also running for my second re-election this year. Which is exciting. And mm-hmm. I've invited, we actually met you, I've heard, heard of you numerous times. I've been at, at events with you, but I met you in person with all of your other running mates at a Tabor 100 meeting. Yes. And you were killing it. You and there was like, I don't know, six, eight other people there. There was a lady that I pat. Um, Murakami. Oh, my goodness. You know how you can just hear from someone and you hear this positive energy? Both of you had different beliefs, but there was such positive energy from both of you. And there were some guys that were there as well. <laughs> I don't remember who they were. Because you guys stole the show. You actually talk about helping others. And that's actually why I have you on the show. It's not about, this is not a political show, even though all of her running mates were all invited. um, Or, you know, there was an invitation, open invitation for anyone to be on this show. But what I like about you is you have, seem to have a heart for others. 
And I think, in, in fact, that's absolutely right. And it's not even just a personal trait. Of course, a, a personal level of uh, passion for justice right. is absolutely the starting point. Right. Without that, I don't know if you can even be a human being. <laughs> you know, it's really a question, right. especially in today's world, right. which is so uh, defined by uh, inequality and exploitation. But beyond that, I would say, the, you know, the theme of your show, Bigger Than Myself, I think just about describes the whole approach we have brought to my city council office. And, you know, mm. you'll notice I use the word we, the mm. pronoun we, not mm -hmm. I. And in, initially, mm -hmm. when I was first elected in 2013, when nobody expected that our grassroots right. campaign would win because we don't take any right. corporate money and we ran our campaign in a fundamentally different way to, as an unapologetic uh, um, right. advocate for working people, and uh, at that time, uh, you know, I had to uh, tell reporters that, you know, I don't have a pronoun problem. I, I know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not that I'm mistakenly using the word we. I deliberately say we nice. because really nothing can be accomplished as far as social justice is concerned without a powerful movement made up of ordinary people right. who do extraordinarily things. Things. I, I love it. I love it. That, that's exactly why we're here. And so thank you. We'll be back. And what we're going to talk about momentarily, let me just give you introduce, introduce you to what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk a little bit about Elijah Cummings and his, there's a special service that's happening today. Um, I'm going to show one of my favorite quotes about him. And you guys are going to talk about a man who like lived his life to serve others. I haven't heard anyone from either side say anything negative about Elijah Cummings. Like he had a heart to serve and how amazing you know, to, 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 to go on to your maker with such positive things being said about you, Amanda, that, that would be the hope of all of us, right? Miss Julia, I know you have some things you want to share about Elijah, but first we're going to have you introduce yourself again and um, just tell people who you are and why you're here. Sure. So I, my name is Julia Bobadija Melby, and I have been working on the I-1000 campaign, Approve I-1000 campaign, for quite some time, I actually was the co-sponsor of it before it was even called Initiative I-1000. And I am here to talk about that. And also, I wanted to go into um, Congressman Cummings' legacy. Mm. You know, we will be celebrating it today um, at 4 o'clock, celebrate his life and legacy as a fierce champion for civil rights. He also um, was working on I-1000, referendum number 88, uh, the approve uh, referendum number 88, which Cummings was working tirelessly to reform in the months leading up to his death. Uh, so this service will touch on that as well, too. I also wanted to bring up, um, I noticed that in an article. are you showing the, the picture of him? Can you pull that in? So this, this is Elijah Cummings, for anyone who doesn't know. He was born in 1951. He just died in 2019. And so, like I said, there's been a universal outpouring of just love for this individual and his service. She was a Democratic U.S. representative from Maryland. You showing the image? Beautiful smile. Hardcore, but beautiful smile. Even our current president, which again, this isn't a political show. We don't, we, we stay <laughs> focused on positive energy. But I thought his tweet was quite respectful and honored the service of this, this individual. Just saying. So, although, although, to be fair, all his actions are <laughs> completely the antithesis of anybody who stands for affirmative action for social justice and for racial justice. I just had to say that. <laughs> thank you, for, thank you, for, I'm, again. My 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 lens is just typically to focus on the positive, right? And so I actually found that to be hugely um, comforting to know that you know sometimes 
Like we can all choose to focus on honoring people who live a life to serve others. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. And I just want to say that in Congress, he did serve as chair of the Committee um, of Oversight and Government Reform, where he was a leader in the impeachment inquiry against President Donald Trump. Cummings also presided over testimony of Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen. And prior to his service in Congress, Cummings was a member of the Maryland House of Delegates for 14 years, where he was the first African-American in the state's history to serve as speaker pro tempore. And many of the comments um, were made on both sides, both Republicans and as well as his fellow Democrats, uh, really talking about his legacy as a congressman and as as a person. So... I just wanted to bring that up. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Mike, we have a, a picture of um, Elijah Cummings. We have a, a he's, he's actually going to share one of my favorite, um, let's see, it's a minute long. And let me know when you can hear. Are you showing it? Awesome. I said many, many years ago that I say, sometimes 20 times a day, and it's a very simple poem, but it's one that I live by. It says, I only have a minute, 60 seconds in it, forced upon me, I did not choose it, but I know that I must use it, give account if I abuse it, suffer if I lose it, only a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it. And so I join you as we move forward to uplift not only the nation, but the world. May God bless you all, and may God bless America. Mm. Okay. That, that, that only took a minute, but I got to tell you, it had eternity in it. I mean, do you, how do you feel when someone talks about one minute? When you hear him say this quote, I mean, this is... He didn't obviously write the poem, but when he recites it with that voice and that level of integrity, isn't that what life is all about? Like, we have choices. We make choices every day. And it's in one minute that we can change our life and, and the life of others. I, 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 think, I think that's absolutely right. And in fact, for people who are public figures, who, are, who have been chosen elected or appointed as leaders, especially for elected officials, I think it is important how you use those minutes. And I mm. think that, that cho- the choice of that quote, especially talking about not just the nation, but the entire world, mm. that is extremely important. I mean, you, you know, you have two women who are uh, representing uh, in one shape or form the immigrant community mm. in the Seattle region. That's so I- important to remember because right. uh, ultimately, if we don't recognize that this is about building equality across race, across national origin, gender, sexual orientation, mm-hmm. all of that, then we are allowing the forces of this exploitative system to divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so critical that Julia and others have been playing such a critical role right. against uh, Trump's uh, deeply anti-immigrant, horrific agenda, the incidents at the border, mm-hmm. the, the fact that you know thousands of children have been separated from their families, Right. Uh, the people who are languishing in the detention centers. I mean, all of this right. is horrific. Right. And so we, we do have lines open, by the way. So this show is, again, we focus on positive energy, non-political. You know, I, I'm going to keep saying that. <laughs> she, 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 she corrected me earlier today. Would you like to share with me 
a little bit more? Yes, I, I would. You know, uh, the first time I, as Tracy said, the first time we actually met and talked was at a small business forum. And then the next time was last Saturday, Saturday last week. So yes. about a week ago, just over a week ago. This was a sort of a Pan-Africa Summit, All-Africa it, Summit. It was actually the Washington State Coalition of African Community Leaders. Exactly. I'm part of the Executive Advisory Board. And I got to tell you, 30, it's a powerful at least group. 30 organizations from different African countries coming together, united to drive change. It's exactly. a beautiful thing. It's, it's yes. really beautiful. Yes. It's uniting uh, so many communities from who are emig- who immigrated right. from Africa, yes. but also has African Americans, yes. and it had an Indian there <laughs> as well because it really it really symbolizes the fact that we have to build unity across unity. all these uh, right. sort of boundaries. Yes. But the reason I, I was uh, responding to you know when Tracy said, "Well, I, I try not to be political," I, and I say <laughs> life is political. Life is political. Yes, yes, yes because um, legislation actually either improves or does not improve people's quality of living. I and that's it. something that you really have to think about because that, that ties into politics, whether people like it or, or not, you know, it affects right. their taxes, the, their income, you know, you talk about with the 15, 15 now campaign with uh, getting um, minimum wage to be $15. I mean, that's affecting people's pockets. And even with Huge. I-1000, it's, um, you know, there was $3.5 million. T- um, let me get that right if whether it was a million. Um, billion in state public contracting Mm -hmm. opportunities during the last 20 years Mm -hmm. that was taken away from certified women and minority-owned businesses. And that kills communities when you take that money out of um, communities. You know, people can't Mm -hmm. buy houses, can't pay, can't save for education for their children. And it just goes so forth and so so on. It's a triple-down effect. And so when people say that, oh, I'm not political, it's like, when you know that these uh, initiatives and bills are are impacting your everyday life, it's definitely is part it, of your it's life. Almost, it's almost like saying it's it's like saying you may not want to be political, but politics is going to affect your and life. Let me be clear. And, and, it's and, a different. It's a different thing. Yes. I'm not saying I don't. No, vote. no, no. I know. I know exactly. And and uh, also and also the you yes. know the the second part of my yes. story was when we met at yes. the African sort of roundtable. Yes. Yes. Uh, you were strongly <laughs> advocating for I-1000, correctly so. And when I was about to go and speak, you whispered to me, make sure you start by saying how much you support I-1000, which I was going to do anyway. But my point is that Tracy is being very modest in saying that she is not being, she's not political, but she very much is. Anybody who's advocating for affirmative action in a state that is lagging so far behind with all the losses for our most marginalized communities that right. Julia just talked about, and if you're advocating for affirmative action then that makes you political and in a good way. And it's especially important because... I think because it makes being, me an activist. Yes, mm-hmm. but pu- pu- that's, I, I, <laughs> that I consider political. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I think these are just semantics, okay, okay. but you know, you're, you're on the right side of issues <laughs> or on the right. left side. Uh, right or left. So I see we actually have four callers, but what I wanted to do, again, for those listening, the reason we brought up the image of Elijah Cummings and we shared that beautiful... Um, speech of his where he, he actually talked about that poem or shared that poem one minute and and uh, Julia shared a little bit about this man is because he's a servant. He's a servant leader and I just wanted to celebrate the two of you and others who are out there who celebrate freedom. Like we have some, we actually are privileged mm-hmm. beyond, you know, many people's wildest imaginations and so when I think about an opportunity to set 
a level playing field or to drive equity. That's really what this feels like to me. And when you mentioned that Washington State was lagging behind, I'm from Florida. Most of you know I worked 25 years in corporate America, eight years at IBM, 14 years at Disney, my last five at Microsoft. So I moved here from Florida with Microsoft um, and, um, you know, knowing that Washington was a progressive state and, and, you know, liberal in the sense of, you know, equal rights and equity we often find that people say one thing and they do something different. And that was partially my experience is to have people talk about one thing, but then the experience that many, many people have is not the same. And so I would say I'm 100% an advocate of I-1000 um, simply because it's a human equity. It's about equity and um, inclusion and the things that we all say we want. And also to def- yeah. to go over the word equity, uh, you know, people talk about equality, and let's face it, there isn't an equal playing field in, it, there, there isn't an equal playing field. So when we talk about equity, it's we want to make sure that people have the right resources to be able to succeed. And not everybody, it's not a one-size-shoe-fits-all, one right? It not does. everybody needs a size nine. There are different, uh, size nine shoe is the best analogy. So when we talk about equity, we want to be, be providing the right tools for people to be able to be successful. And if, and, and if you want to do, just take a concrete example of how not equity our status quo is Washington State has, and Seattle is the yes. city that has the nation's most reg- regressive tax system, meaning a poor low-income or low-income household pays more of mm. their income, a bigger share of their income in taxes than does a wealthy household. And if you are a giant corporation like Amazon or Microsoft, forget it, you, or, or Boeing, you're actually getting more back You know when you count up right. all the uh, tax right. subsidies and rebates right. thanks to Trump's tax cut. Amazon, which is a trillion-dollar corporation, got $129 million tax rebate. When was the last time you got anything, (laughs) any fraction of that as a tax rebate? Definitely opportunity, which is, again, another reason why I'm I'm happy to have you each on the phone. So we have four callers. I'm going to go with caller number one, Mike. Caller number one, I don't know. uh, Did you get a name? We don't have a name. Caller number one, this is Tracy, and you're joining us on Bigger Than Me. What would you like to share? Who are you, first of all? What's your name? Okay, caller number one. We'll move on. Should we go to caller number two? Okay, so Mike is going to work with the callers, and we are going to actually address... Topic two. So today we're going to talk about Elijah Cummings. And there's a session, there's a a memorial service today at four o'clock at the AME Church. I know we have a number of representatives that are going to be talking about not only his life, but just the opportunity for all of us to serve. Mm -hmm. That's at four o'clock. It's at an AME Church. Um, When we talk about the opportunity to serve, this concept of servant leadership, what does that mean to the two of you? Oh, gosh. Um, It it really means that you're you're making sure that you're rep, uh, ready to serve people who may not have a voice. I know for myself, like um, being a refugee um, and an Im- refugee to Canada and then an uh, immigrant to the United States. I mean, there are people who don't um, know even how to speak English to be able to navigate through uh, different systems, to right. go to college, to you know, to improve their life. And so I really um, try to advocate for people who do not have a voice. And part of that is really, uh, like I was telling Tracy earlier, is really uh, managing your time wisely as far as 
deciding what mm. battles you're going to <clears throat> pick so that way you don't get run down because it's very easy to do when you're an activist. Um, really making sure that, um, I know for myself, I really try to make sure that I represent, um, that I stand up for causes that I have a passion for that really affect me. For the I-1000 situation, um, it will... So, so before you talk about I-1000... Tell people what is I-1000. We talk about referendum ADA. Let's give people an overview because I've spoken to a number of people who weren't sure exactly what it was. So let's pause. We're going to talk more about Elijah Cummings. We're going to go to his event later on. Um, what a great example. What an amazing example he was as a human being but as an activist. And so now we are all in agreement. I know there's someone on the call, Christine, which Mike is trying to figure out how to get you on the call, who is not a proponent uh, of, of I-1000. Um, but I want to make sure, and I've actually spoken to people who, um, most everyone else that I've spoken to are for it. Some people are a little bit confused by it. So can you provide an overview of what it is and what people need to know about it? Why should they approve I-1000? Sure. So Initiative I-1000 is a statewide initiative to the legis- um, to the um, people now. Uh, the legislator actually did vote on it because we did get close to um, 400,000 signatures, which was the most in Washington state history. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that enabled it to go to the legislator. The legislators did vote it in. However, there was a referendum called Referendum 88 yes. that was put in. They only needed um, close to 200,000 signatures to make it a referendum. And so now it's going to the people to the ballot. So it's right. on your ballot. Um However, Initiative I-1000 is to make affirmative action a state law which promotes diversity, equity, and inclusion in public education, public employment, and public contracting for qualified women, veterans, the disabled, and people of color. It also includes in their LGBTQ, um, and this is without the use of quotas. No quotas and no preferential treatment. I know some people are like, I'm against affirmative action, and it's like it's not old school affirmative action. It is the concept of saying there have been numerous negative actions that have affected a wide group of individuals, including women and veterans and the G- LGBT. Thank you very much. The LGBT mm-hmm. community, uh, veterans. So there have been a number of actions where metrics are very clear that there is some positive um, benefits that well, come to being part of certain groups. And basically this simply says let's um, bring some equity to other groups, and it basically includes seniors, veterans, women, etc. I was just going to go into yes. how I-1000 is needed because while America has overcome many social hurdles, bias and discrimination still exists in our society. And I-1000's mission is to enable every qualified Washington citizen, um, regardless of their race, gender, disability, or military status, uh, to be protected from discrimination when seeking opportunities in public education, public employment, and public contracting. I love it. And um, how many other states have affirmative action laws? The overwhelming majority of 42 42. out of 50 states and the entire, um, well, no longer the U.S. federal government because Trump took it away, has affirmative action laws. Currently, Washington (laughs) is one of only eight states which does not have affirmative action laws protecting women, the disabled, Mm. minorities, and all military veterans and LGBTQ. Come on, Washington State. You're trying to tell me Alabama and Mississippi. Talk about lagging behind. Just saying. Mm. They both have laws that protect groups from discrimination. This is not a handout. There are no quotas. There's no preferential treatment. This is simply about enabling there to be some equity. Am I mm-hmm. describing that correctly? And there's also a commission, I think, that's part of it. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, 
I would I would let Julia. Yes. I, I had some few points yes. to introduce, but and we're going to go to the caller. So get, get ready. Uh, the caller in, and then which, maybe which, I can. Also so we're going to start with the, uh, the, Dan. I see the, Dan now. We have a name, Dan. Caller number one. Would you like to tell us who you are, um, what organization you're a part of, and what are your thoughts about either Elijah Cummings or I-1000 or just the concept of servant leadership? Open mic. Dan, Dan, can you hear me, my man? You're live. Okay. Hi, uh, I'm Dan. Okay, Dan, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Excellent. What's your first and last name and what organization you're a part of? No last name. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Mike gave me the ixnay on the last names. So first name and um, what would you like to share today? Uh, my name is Dan. Uh, I'm just a voter in uh, in Seattle. And I was just asking, I just wanted to ask about, you know, uh, one thing me and my friends are really concerned about is all of this um, money from Amazon and these uh, uh, huge corporations in Seattle. And I was wondering, uh, you know, uh, what can ordinary people do to fight back against, you know, uh, big business trying to hijack our democratic process. All right. Well, uh, I have two experts here. I am, will let Miss Shama share her thoughts on that question. Thank you. And thank you, Dan, for asking that question. I think it is the question of the mo moment because of what is happening in Seattle. Okay. As many of your listeners probably know, uh, we have, we, you know, we are in um, the elections for the city council where seven seats are up for uh, seven out of seven out of nine are up for elections. So all the district seats are mm -hmm. up for elections. And what we have seen is that the like never before in an unprecedented manner, corporations, the super wealthy, the uber wealthy have thrown so much money, have mm. dumped so much. It's not throwing wow. because it's an investment. <laughs> it have dumped so much money into yes. corporate PACs, so much so that it has beat all previous records of wow. Seattle elections. That's what that's coming from the Seattle Ethics and Elections Commission. So yes. it's coming from the people who maintain the statistics. So what can and, they do? And so, yeah, and so it's important to keep in mind that this is what Amazon and Jeff Bezos, the billionaires, are trying to do is basically carry out, try and carry out a hostile corporate takeover mm. of our elections and straight up buy City Hall. Obviously, for all the reasons that Julia and you were talking about in terms mm. of I-1000, it's clear. It's, it's, it is not only that we don't have an even playing field. That's a, it's a, it would be ludicrous for us to use those mm. words even in the context of the deep and just uh, historic inequality, systemic inequality. Yeah. And the only way we can fight against the billionaires is not with billions of dollars because we don't have that money. Mm -hmm. They have it. That's the whole problem. They have right. siphoned off our our community of that the, 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 this wealth. I mean, billi right. billionaires are really pillagers. And so the only way we can fight it is by recognizing that we have the people on our side. And when we get collectively organized, we cannot be atomized as individuals. That's when we are powerless. Mm -hmm. But when if we can recognize the latent strength that we have when mm -hmm. we get organized, that's when we can succeed despite all the it. billions. So, and there's concrete examples. There's, I love it. Julia mentioned 15 Now. That was a campaign we launched in Seattle right after I was elected. And six months after I was elected, we were able to win. Why? Because mm -hmm. we united right. ordinary people, the labor movement, community organizations. Right. So many people across race and yes. national boundaries were, were saying, we need $15 an hour. That's how we won. That's how we won renters' rights right. and so on. So right. there's, there's so many examples, including the civil rights movement, 
because that's also right. the topic of the hour with well, Elijah Cummings. You know, right. that was one so he because was, he was ordinary people absolutely. fought for it and they got organized. I think that's the key word, getting right. organized. So what are you telling Dan well, that he can do? Basically, I'm going to say vote, Dan. I think I mean, Dan, Dan needs to else, vote for sure because we have a few days left for election. The election night and, is November 5th. And what voting means is you get an envelope. You need to put it in the mail You ASAP. need to put it in the mail. The ballot I, is useless if it's sitting on your desk. Right. I also had a couple other things for you, Dan, was that... <clears throat> Um, you really want to also bring up your voice. There are uh, pro- different protests that you can get plugged into and, and, you know, peaceful protests. And you can also call your lawmakers. Mm. They represent you. Um, they work for you. And really voicing your opinion, opinion and putting pressure on these lawmakers to make sure that they fight for you. That's a really another way to do it as well, too. Um, as also voting as well, too. Excellent. How, how do they find whatever you're talking about? How do they find these protest just go online and google absolutely and, and anybody who's listening to this if if you reach out to my office just google my name and you you know the my can city you, council office tell them how to reach you yeah just write my name in in google search engine <laughs> shama sawant i can't, I can't or, say it I, I definitely can't spell or, it help or, me out here yes, shama k k s h a m a shama or you can go to my campaign website which is K-S-H-A-M-A-S-A-W-A-N-T dot O-R-G. That's all one word. Shamasawant.org. Love it. Love it. Okay, Dan, hopefully hopefully that answered your question. Feel free to hang on. Or I yeah, think Mike's, yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. Mike's dropping you. Sorry, he gave me the uh-uh. So apparently got a lot of people calling in. Elon, you're caller number two. Who are you and um, what would you like to share with us today? Elon. Yeah, hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Yeah, it's Elon. Elon. Awesome. So, Elon, um, in, any comments? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, I actually had a question, actually, for council members to want. Um, uh, I live in District 3, Shama's District, and it's about kind of some of the leadership stuff that you guys have been talking about and what kind of leadership we need. But I know that Shama's been oftentimes called divisive, um, or too aggressive. I heard or that too. People say it's hard <laughs> to work with. Yeah, it's all over. It's all over the place. Um, and honestly, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time, or it's not the first time that a person of color, especially a woman who you know isn't afraid to speak up for what they believe in, to be labeled hard to work with or too bossy or something like that. And so I'm just wondering, like, what's this about? Like, why are people saying this? Also, literally three other city councilors have endorsed Shama for re-election. So. Almost half of the city council either has endorsed Shama or is Shama, so I don't get how she can be hard to work with. Um, and then just secondly, Shama's opponent keeps talking about how he's a fourth-generation Seattleite. And I just, like, what is he getting at? Because are immigrants not as qualified to be in government? Like, it's kind of some of the stuff that you guys were talking about, and, like, I, you know, it maybe relates to affirmative action, but it's just I don't understand that. It seems like coded racism and sexism to me. So just any thoughts on that? I'd love to hear your guys' opinion. Mm. Absolutely. And and I uh, would urge Julio also to join me in responding to this stuff because part of the question was also about immigrants and immigrants uh, as uh, servant leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first of all, Elon, thank you for asking that question. And it's true, a lot of uh, the big business attack mailers, you know, the funded by corporate PACs, the, you know, they have mailed in incessant mailers. I mean, I have so many of my constituents <laughs> complaining that their their mailboxes are full of this, what they call junk mail. And most of those mailers rely on 
uh, sexist and racist uh, subtext or tropes that you know th there's a picture of a brown woman and you know I'm I'm an I'm a brown immigrant woman of color mm -hmm. and uh, the idea it it plays on this sort of unconscious racism that pervades our society still you know we have a long way to go and this idea that black and brown people are lazy or they don't work or if they do raise their voices then it's divisive and i would say that uh, all these accusations they're they're not coming from ordinary people who may or may not agree with me on a given policy you know mm -hmm. of course it's fair game you know right. we we can have a disagreement on given right. policies that's totally and, fine and, we, and you you taught me that today i was like you know this is a very positive show I don't like a lot of drama. I don't do drama. And you were like, what did you tell me about that? I, I you said like a little drama. Yeah, well, I said it's totally, <laughs> it's totally possible and, in fact, necessary for us to be able to communicate with respect, mutual respect, mm. on the things that we disagree with. Because if we limit ourselves to a tiny echo chamber, we will never win anything. In fact, we would not agree. have won any victories like $15 an hour, the renters' rights, the Indigenous Peoples' Day, all of the mm. progress that, that we have made, yes. we would not have won that had Christ. we not been open to discussion and debate. And, and I right. have learned a lot. You know, it's, 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 mm -hmm. it's, it would be uh, so wrong for anybody mm -hmm. in my position to claim that I'm infallible or that I have mm -hmm. not learned. In the six years that I've been in office, I have learned a tremendous amount from all kinds of ordinary people who, mm -hmm. who have given me feedback about policy right. questions, but also about strategies, about right. tactics, how do you build movements. So I think that mo most of the time, this these kinds of accusations about divisive or personal traits mm -hmm. are race that rely on racism and sexism. They are you come difficult, from, though? Are they, you difficult? <laughs> well, are you a little difficult? I mean, I'm just saying. Are well, you difficult? I, I, what I am is absolutely determined and unapologetic as a servant of the working class. And that means... You have to have disagreements with the powers that be. Every now and then. Well, it You're depends on what feathers. The yeah, which, it depends on what feathers. Like, look, I we, want somebody fighting yeah. for me who's willing to ruffle yeah, some feathers. Exactly. Just FYI. Exactly. And I don't agree with I mean, everything. I, I, mean, I like yeah. I said, I'm so non-political. I don't even know most of your. Um, uh, positions on certain things. I know I'm going to have you back at least three or four times because I've met people that I know and love who disagree with you on certain topics. Absolutely. And I can't wait to have uh, you I can't here wait to have talk that about discussion. union and there's some other things. Yeah. I don't even know the details. Absolutely. But I'm learning as well. But what I can say yeah. about you is I, I, I like you have a heart of uh, a servant's heart and um, I, I think I, I want somebody to be able to shake things up. I, I think I'm yeah. kind of my mission my you personal are, mission you are now shaking is I'm up. trying to shake things yeah. up I'm saying how, why again mostly what I'm doing on this show is saying how do we focus on positive energy we use technology community and positive psychology to help good people do great things share your your lessons learned share your life story share any words of wisdom that can help others on their journey so when you think about people who want to serve and people who who want to see change it sounds like you guys are just empowering and, and just others one, yeah to do and that. one yeah. thing i'd say is that if it was if we lived this is a, an imaginary yes. situation it doesn't exist <laughs> yeah. but if we lived in a world where those who were extremely wealthy and yes. powerful said you know what? I agree with you. The system doesn't work for the majority of us. Let's fix this. Let's completely change this, you know, the structural problems yes. that we have. Yes. Then there would be a situation where we didn't have to ruffle any feathers. We didn't have to have disagreements. Right. We could all work. Yes. But that's an imaginary situation. The civil rights movement could not have uh, engaged in the historic struggles it did totally. if it did not go into a, you know, engage in a real struggle, in a real 
disagreements with the establishment. MLK it. was called divisive. So I feel like I'm in extremely <laughs> honorable company when exactly. people call me divisive. And as Frederick Douglass said, you know, power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did and it never will. Can I give you a high five on that one? Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I love her. I'm actually, you and I are going to talk more about a movement. The next time I have you on the show, we're gonna, I'm actually driving a movement myself. I consider this my ministry of the mind. Like, right, I say we tell stories, we show wisdom, we elevate expectations. That's part of what I'm doing here for our community as well. And so we're going to talk more about this, this um, another movement. I'm calling my bigger than right. me movement. Um, and uh, I, I did, did you want to make a comment? We have two yes. other callers. I know I want to get to Christine because I know she disagrees with you both. And so I want to bring <laughs> no, her on should. sooner yes. than later. Yes, and then uh, we have Emerson as well. So quickly. I, I did want to yes. talk to Elon. We'll Christine thank you and then we'll go to Emerson. Yes. Elon, thank you for bringing up the point about uh, the racist and um, the um, misogyny that uh, Orion, you know, the candidate that's running against Shama is pointing out uh, with him having been here for so long. I just want to talk about how immigrants, um, we were here first as an indigenous woman. You know, I'm half Mapuche and half Quechua from South America, Chile and Peru. We were here first uh, as an indigenous person. The Europeans came here and raped and pillaged and brought disease and went back on treaties. They broke promises. Uh, so I just want to mention that, you know, when you have a, a white male like Orion saying that, you know, that is code for, you know, immigrants aren't welcome here, you know. And yeah. also, uh, as far as women, um, women like you were talking about uh, um, that Shama is being viewed as an outspoken woman, women who speak truth do get criticized. Men can be like that and they are viewed as a strong voice. Uh, women are, are called then aggressive and mean. So, I mean, there is definitely that gender inequality that is there. And I-1000 also helps to bring, take out that discrimination so that women no longer get paid 80 cents to the dollar. Because I am sick of that. That should not be happening Absolutely. in, so, in so, uh, fields that are predominantly men, like STEM, um, legal fields like that, that are predominantly men. So the I-1000 definitely helps to get rid of that, um, try to get rid of that uh, discrimination that is in there. I, I love this woman. I call, I call you Sister Soldier. And I don't know if what that image is in your in, in your head, but for me, it's like someone who's willing to, you know, go to go to the mattresses, <laughs> right? go to bat for others. And so, yes. thank you for your energy. I appreciate it. So I um, I see there's Emerson and there's Christine. So Emerson, if you don't mind holding on, I'm actually going to go to Christine because Christine Cisneros. I'm going to have you introduce yourself. I know she does a show. Before is she still on? Okay, the time just changed. Okay, yes, I'm here. Hello. Hey, hey, Christine. So, so Christine and I, when I first started this show, Christine, um, uh, I let's, know. Let's let's not uh, let's not go into my show or my last name, please. Okay, sorry. So, Christine. Um, yeah, I'm an ordinary person calling in. I'm an, I'm one of those ordinary people you've talked about. So I on. would I would and, call you a lot of things, but ordinary on, is not one on. of them. Let's, let me finish. Because I know Again. I don't have a lot of time, and I don't want to take up a bunch of your time. But, but I'm a Seattleite. I've lived here since I was seven years old. I'm 51. I just turned 51 a couple of days ago on Halloween. And what I have to say is Seattle has not become better. And it's not because of Republicans or conservatives or Trump. I'll tell you what's happened. I lived on Capitol Hill for 15 years. I'm a gay, female, Hispanic, middle-aged, overweight. I could probably collect some money somewhere. But I'll tell you what, what has happened under uh, some affirmative action that was in place for a while is socialism. And socialism never leads to anything but communism. And when we talk about our country being so racist and homophobic and genderist, what you fail to say, with the, the education that fails to get out there for people, is that predominantly the dangerous jobs that are done in our country are done by men. And if you have a $15 an hour raise, 
guess what? Those single mothers, those single fathers, or those people that are raising children will not ever be able to pay for their health care, their clothing, their housing, their medicine, their food. None, $5 more an hour is not going to cover that. That's my tax money. That's your tax money that is ineffectual. Lastly, I'd like to say that places like Hong Kong, France, that are, that are absolutely looking at our country and saying we want more of that, I'll tell you what that is. When immigrants come to this country, like my family came to this country, they came here because there was an equal opportunity, not because there was an equal outcome. And I'll tell you another thing. The people that support blacks, Hispanics, gays, bisexual, transgenders, vets, disabled people are people like me and my family who are immigrants. And we're part Cherokee as well, unlike Elizabeth Warren. We actually came here and did things and paid our taxes, and I don't enjoy that we have 1,200. We used to have 1,200 homeless people on the streets of Seattle, and now we have 30,000. Why? Because it's Seattle. And if you go back every single administration since the beginning of time of having administrations under governments and presidents, if you take 25% or 30%, of, which is extortion, of taxes from families and people who are working, and you say, you, you know, we're not going to allow you to really grow your business so that you can support these social programs that are actually needed, guess what? People like me get hurt. I don't need rainbow sidewalks full of poop like San Francisco. You know what I need? I need every single person in Seattle to have the equal opportunity that our people came here from other countries to establish, and our founding fathers did, and actually is being accomplished under President Trump. One last so thing Christine, I'll say. Real quick, I did Christine, real quick, Christine. I did meet Christine. you want at Capitol Hill. Christine. And when I said I'm a Trump supporter, you said, thank you. So I don't know what that meant. But what I will say is I have respect for you as a person, but I really don't respect what the Seattle City Council or any of you have done to our city. Christine, do I get to yeah. engage? Thank you. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Thank so you. Do you have, I, I love what you, so do you have a solution for homelessness? So that Absolutely. They, that they haven't inc- the they homeless haven't problem executed. is introduced by something I call free adults. Here, we'll have shoot-up clinics. Here, we'll give you free money. Here, we'll feel sorry for you so you can be my little project. Come to our city. You know what? If you're going to be an addict in the streets of Seattle, there's a simple solution. You're going to get clean. Either you're going to get clean in jail or you're going to get clean in your home with your freedoms intact, which are our negative rights provided for, to us by the Constitution. So you want to you have freedom in Seattle? You want to be free of all the, the garbage on the streets and people that come here just to get free stuff out of our tax money? I'll tell you what you do. You say you come here and you work and you show that you can be a viable citizen. If you don't do that, there's nothing to want and nothing that anybody, any politician is going to give, quote, give anybody. Because, first of all, it comes from other people. They pay for it. But you're not going to give anybody anything that they can, that they can actually use to take the place of their own drive, their own will, and their own good character to be a good citizen. You guys have that. a good day. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, again, Christine is a, I love you. I'll just have you share any thoughts. Go ahead. And if not, we have another caller. Emerson, you've been on hold for 19 minutes. Either one of you want to respond to Christine first? Yeah, absolutely. Emerson, if you don't mind holding on, I know you've been on for a while. (laughs) Sorry. We'll come to you one second. Yes, would you like to respond? Uh, I mean, yes. I I don't know if I can do justice to that in just a few seconds, but but I will try my best. We also want to show a video of the Jump Rope King talking about I-1000. Sure, but I think it was valuable yes. to have Christine's yes. point of view. I mean, totally. I basically disagree with everything <laughs> she said. However, I do appreciate that she called in. 
And, Me too. And I appreciate that she remembers that we met because, like I said, I have no problem discussing and debating with somebody I, I disagree with uh, because it has to be an honest discussion. And what I appreciate about her was, is that she is honest about where she stands. Uh, but in response to some of the points she brought up, you know, she uh, she seems to think, and she's not alone. I think there's a there's a whole point of view that is being uh, peddled, and I I think sometimes point of view is giving it too much leg legitimacy because it's really it's really a a right wing talking point for people for safe Seattle and the Seattle is dying. The Como Sinclair uh, outlet to sure say what that, that is. What th this this is all. So, so I'm this is basically say, a very systematic right wing oh. talking point that is being peddled in Seattle to say that homeless people are homeless because they didn't get their life together, because they don't go to work, because they're coming from outside Seattle and so on. But actually, if you look at the statistics, none of this is true. Most, most of the people who are homeless in Seattle become homeless after having lived in Seattle for a long time. And statistically, many of them work, mm. and nationwide statistics mm. show that the majority of the people who are homeless or find instability in housing mm. are working. A vast mm. majority of them really? are working, yes. And the reason they're homeless often is the simple reason that the rents are too damn high and uh, or because they had a prohibitively high health care bill because, they do, because we don't have any viable health care. And in fact, uh, the Journal of Urban Studies recently reported that uh, nation, in a nationwide study, they saw that for every $100 increase in average rent, there was at least a 15% increase in overall homelessness. Wow. And sometimes it went up to 65%, depending on which region you looked at. Wow. And this is a nationwide crisis. It's an absolute crisis. It's a, it's a crisis of uh, morality and humanity. Right. And if we, if, we are, if we are to be data-based, let alone humanity-based, you know, mm -hmm, I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'll even put that aside for a second, although how can you? But even, even if, in order to reach across different points of view, at least if we are, if we have the commitment to look at the data, and the data shows that making housing affordable is the single most important thing that needs to be done in Seattle, which means mm. policy-wise, we need citywide universal rent control without loopholes mm. so that rents are actually stable, and yet a small landlords will be able to survive. And we need a tax on big business so that we can fund mm. a massive expansion in affordable, publicly owned, high-quality housing so that it is not in the hands of a corporate landlord who is going to just waiting to jack up your rent. It will always be affordable, meaning no matter what your income is, you don't pay any more than 25 or 30% of your income in rent. That's worth fighting for, which is why so many people are now involved in our movement for rent control and social housing. Nice, nice. So, again, I'm going to have you back numerous times because you're amazing, fascinating, and there's so much more for us to talk about. Today, we're going to actually let Emerson... Can you hear us, Emerson? Would you like to share anything yes. around uh, either Elijah Cummings, his life of service? You were talking about I-1000. And I'd, it would be curious to know or what any, they thought about the previous caller's points. You know, you feel free uh, to talk about the previous hi. caller or mm -hmm. any questions. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Emerson. I live in Seattle. Uh, I'm a transgender person, not transgender person as the previous caller. Um, called my community. Um, I first off wanted to, to I, I think I want to reject a little bit of what the past caller said. I wanted to thank Councilmember Shama Sawant for her leadership on Fighting for 15 in Seattle. You know, as a trans person myself, like my community is disproportionately impacted, and, and Christine should know as a lesbian that our, our community is disproportionately impacted um, 
by uh, facing lower wages in the working environment. It was it was huge for me, um, and it brought a lot of my friends who are homeless, who are part of the queer and trans community, out of poverty um, into stability. So thank you, Councilmember Swan. Um, I think I wanted to actually ask a question about I-1000 again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited to see it on the ballot and to, to vote for affirmative action, you know, to, to be able to see more marginalized people represented um, in the workplace and, you know, have, have fair wages is really excellent. I'm wondering, uh, you know, the thing that I see in Seattle is that so many uh, people of color are being displaced from their homes. Is there something that we can do to address that crisis as well? So that, that uh, probably did, falls did you more want to into... Talk about, is, is there any, in fact, it's a very good question. I would wonder myself, Julia, is there any element of I-1000 that also addresses housing? I don't think so. I think it's, it's, it's primarily employment. with the uh, getting discrimination out with public employment, pu- public education, mm-hmm. public contracting. So in essence, it is providing opportunities for people to go go to school. Uh, statistics have shown Statistics have shown that... Is there someone else here? Statistics have shown that uh, since... Uh, 20 years ago when something called Initiative 200, I don't want to confuse people too much, but when affirmative action was taken away, a lot of the universities uh, no longer had to put um, have programs where they were recruiting people from underserved, underrepresented populations. And so now they do have uh, predominantly two populations, such as Caucasian and another uh, race, who have, um, uh, have higher graduate uh, rates than other um, people of color and underserved uh, uh, populations um, since affirmative action has been taken away 20 years ago. And so now what I-1000 will do is we'll put that um, so that there are, um, so that there is discrimination taken away and that public universities will now have to do recruiting in all different uh, populations as well too. So that way there will be more people um accepted into universities, getting help there. In essence, then, when you have a higher level of education and are, have the opportunity to get education, you're able to get better-paying jobs. So mm-hmm. then that would afford you to be able to afford these high rents that are here in the area, uh, as well as with the gender discrimination. I-1000 will help take away gender uh, discrimination so that women don't get paid the 80 cents to the dollar. It'll help take that out, provide more opportunities for uh, women small businesses, people of color small businesses. And also with uh, the, the I-1000, there will be a commission made up uh, for um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, a governor's commission that for the first time will provide a seat specifically for the LGBTQ community. Sure, there have been uh, possibly members of other commissions who are LGBTQ, but this commission specifically creates a seat uh, for a member who is LGBTQ. To, I say 2 ask because uh, with being Indigenous, you know, that uh, means two spirits. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, for the LGBTQ2S community as well, too. So that is another important Excellent. Point. Thank, thank you so much. So real quick, I actually, did you want to say something? Yeah, real just quick, to add please. to what Julia was yes. saying, I think that's for all the reasons that she mentioned, which are extremely important. Uh, if you're watching this and you haven't voted yet, pick Votes. up that ball- ballot from the recycling bin or from, <laughs> uh, hopefully it's still on your desk. Uh, make sure you fill it out. Make sure yes for I-1000. 
uh, and as Julia has, has been reminding us, it's about people of color, it's about LGBTQ people, it's about disabled community members, it's veterans, about our veterans. And it's about it's, the um, it's, seniors. It's, it's, it's about seniors. I was about I have to a add great video. Well. I have a great video I want to play. It's, right. all, yes. it's all the communities that are that face it's basically historic everyone. and I, I mean, marginalization. The fact that really. It is so it really, broad. It's, it's exactly, it's, yeah. It's, it's all our society, really. Just one, one yes. thing I wanted to add is, I mean, two, two points. One is that, you know, I come from India where I've seen affirmative yes. programs work. five minutes left. Uh, so it, it's yes. really a positive sign yes. that we are pushing for this year. And then the other point I want to add, unfortunately, is that my opponent that uh, Julie was mentioning, he's he's being bankrolled by, you know, Amazon executives, Trump supporters, you know, people who have donated Donald Trump are donating to my opponent. But one 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 donor to my opponent's campaign really stands out. This guy named Wayne Perry, who's actually donated a bunch of money to def try and defeat I-1000. Oh. So let's keep in mind, we want I-1000 to win. All right. So we're going to show this video. Michael, you ready? This is a um, approved I-1000 video. I think we're ready. Let's see. Hi, I'm former Washington Governor Dan Evans. And I'm Nat Jackson, National Jump Rope King. We all know that retirement and Social Security won't pay all the bills. And that's why we're voting to approve I-1000. I-1000 is the new law which bans age discrimination. So no one can stop you from getting a job. Or going back to school. Or contracting with your government. So donate to ApproveI1000.com. Because nobody should be discriminated against because of their age. Nobody! Video. I've actually met the Jump Rope King in person. He's adorable. He has more energy <laughs> than anyone you could imagine. So I'm, I'm really loving this. And I think what I, what I saw in some of the documentation, isn't it like every governor passed in Washington for the past, I don't know how many, 25 years, uh, de Democratic and Republican, they all support I-1000? I think that's true. Every and I think, I think the credit, the credit yes. goes to the grassroots movement that has been building this struggle up to this point and I really i think that's that's and that's, it's also you know. the language if you think about it i know jesse uh Weinberry wasn't able to make it here but there's a number of individuals there's democrats for equity and inclusion there's like a number of like you said grassroots organizations exactly groups that have come together and the language says it's everything that people wanted in the um initiative and nothing that they don't want so meaning there's no quotas there's no preference. Although, as, as I said, I think we have right. to remember that there are adversaries uh, oh, like to totally. big business uh, Which representatives who are yes, who are votes. trying to defeat it. So Absolutely. it's important that people vote we, for it. So we have two minutes left. And what I like to do, real quick, like positive energy, we have to be very action oriented for those who are watching. And so, since this show is all about helping others to achieve their dreams, what would you like to say? I'll start with you, Miss Julia. Any okay. final words? You get 30 seconds. Sure. I did want to talk about uh, uh, equity and what I had said before about with immigrants and how we were here first. There is a, a white male power structure that has been happening for years uh, with our forefathers. And, uh, you know, I, I actually do not um, buy into this equality mentality because I don't want to be equal to them who came here, raped and stole to get their power. I don't want to be equal to that. You know, I want to maintain my integrity and make sure with I-1000, everyone will have a better quality of life. And that's what I'm fighting for. You, you really have to remember and think about what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? And we all do better when we are all doing better. And that also points out with health care, right. too. So I can go on and on talking I, I know. about we'll that. You, we'll definitely so. have you both back. <laughs> we got one minute. You get 30 seconds. 
Absolutely. And, and just to add to what Julia was saying, right now we are in the middle of the election. Mm -hmm. It's about to end November 5th. Tuesday is election night. So this is your last chance to vote. So if you haven't yes. voted, you should vote. Absolutely. Yes. It's really important that progressives like myself are in City Hall next year because we don't want Amazon to just buy City Hall. And let's keep our eye on the prize. If we have a, prog a progressive city council, we can win rent control and a green new I deal. I love it. How mm -hmm. do they reach you? So want shamasawan.org all right this is tracy harrell and it's how do we end the show it's bigger than me baby bigger than, bigger me. than me <laughs> <laughs>